Coming to you from the M&M Exterior Studio in Nooksville, Virginia, this is Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle, the introvert's extrovert. She talks to people so you don't have to. For now. Well, I'm excited. Thanks for joining today, and I'm excited to hear more of your story. And I know with your book coming out, there's just a lot of your story that I know you're passionate about sharing. So I'd love to jump in and have you just tell us, Dee, my guest, Dee Kai, introduce yourself. Um, awesome. So I'm Dee Kai. And of course, before I get started talking about myself, I want to take an opportunity to thank you, Samantha, for having me and uh, allowing me the space to share my story and um, how it all started. And so Yes, I currently right now own a coaching and consulting company called Fit to Profit. And our mission is to really help drive and increase revenue consistently for our clients um, to up to multiple five figures consistently by preventing burnout and overwhelm. And also what mostly I do all the time and I love doing is to really help business owners create the right mindset so that they can take everything that they need to know to scale. Um, It's really within my belief that 80% of business is mindset and 20% Mm -hmm. is really strategy. And unless you have the engine, which is you all taking care of and what you'll hear more about why I'm speaking this way or why am I sharing this is that Um, We are the driver behind our business. In fact, like you are your business. If you're listening to this, know that you get to generate and create whatever it is that you want to for for your business. And it starts with you. And um, and we're super passionate specifically about creating financial independence um, for women. I am. In fact, I, I love working with with moms like like myself who are you know, out and about doing things, but are just as domestic as you can imagine um, when we're at home and uh, managing all of that. So that's who we are. That's what I do and who I help. And um, it's a long story uh, of how I landed here, but I'll give you the short version of it. And Samantha, you have heard this uh, story before too. I'll add um, a few things. No, let's, let's dive in fresh because, you know, you touched on it when you said the 80% of business is the business owner's mindset and 20% is the strategy. And for me, you know, with, with my passion of, you know, combating shame, flushing out life, business owners to me are always that sweet spot because when you are an entrepreneur, like you have to work out like the, this stuff I'm pointing to my head for listeners and the, this stuff I'm pointing to my heart. Like if we don't work out this internal stuff, because we just keep repeating the same patterns over and over. And then when you throw some mental health, you know, challenges in it, which we all have, you know, shouting with a normal voice, but acting as if I'm shouting, you know, we all have ups and downs and things like that. And the more we can kind of be transparent with, our struggles yeah. and our truths and whatnot. That is the, cause that's the stuff, as you said, that's the 80% of the work you do. I mean, strategy, you can Google like how to do X, Y, Z, but it's, it's that 80% that we really need help on. So 
your story is where it's at. So I would love to dive more into that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And um, 100%. I mean, I'm a business strategist by trade. And if I were to give someone a business plan like, or like a strategy and execution or the whole nine yards, but it's just the fact that there are some things that are holding the um, the client, of course, in this sense um, of a conversation, the business owner back from taking the action is all the mindset. Mm-hmm. And we can go as far back and I'll begin to really share about how it all started for me and um, was definitely... Um, when I was graduating college and I always have this question, um, you know, in the back of my mind that is, am I really destined to do this thing that is supposed to be done for, for anyone to, to seek happiness is go to college, mm-hmm. get a good job, eventually perhaps get married, have children, and then you die. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and I, um, I have to say I was just really at a loss when I was graduating college and I say, okay, I'm not sure if that's what I really wanted to, to do. So honestly, um, when I was done, I just wanted to, I, I, rather than uh, going for the traditional, like job working in the fields that I was studying in, which is psychology and, um, and, uh, and, and I had also a dream to become a psychiatrist. I just basically had to take a step back and say, you know what? I'm not sure if that's for me. So I'm going just to work and find any work, any job and, and see where it's going to take me. Just curious, you know, when you had that realization, cause when I was listening to, you, I was thinking, man, you know, so many people, it's like, they do all the things, you know, I graduated high school. And then I went off to college and then I graduated college. And then and a lot of times it's like, and then I just got a job in my field. And then, as you said, then you get married and then you die, you know? So <laughs> yeah. what, how did you know to kind of put the brakes on at that point though, to say, yeah, I'm not going to pursue this psychology and the psychiatry career field. I'm going to just get another job. What was, what was kind of happening or what was internal? How did you know to put the brakes on? You know what? I don't think I did it intentionally, but I also Mm -hmm. knew that I didn't know what I wanted, Mm -hmm. but I also knew what I didn't want. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I basically stuck with, no, I don't want to do that. Like the, this are the steps and you follow these steps. And so I was Mm -hmm. like, I I don't want to do that. So I I still, I mean, I still graduated with my psychology backgrounds um, and cognitive science and all of that. And and so I just went and and got, um, I think I got into, no, this is like, I was still in retail because I started retail when I was basically 16. Um, when I, uh, from, from, uh, you know, uh, just a friend of mine who was working retail and anyway, long story short, I was still working part-time retail when I was going to college. So when I was done with college, I was like, I'm just going to go full-time and see what I can do with this, you know? And so I was, you know, getting promoted very quickly. I was one of the youngest managers that one company ever hired. It took them wow. the longest time to decide, you know, to hire me as a manager, managing like 13 people at the time. So that was interesting. And I really mm-hmm. loved, you know, my retail years. I really got a lot out of my experience now reflecting back on it. I was like, that was what I was supposed to do. Um, I learned so much about people. I learned so much about myself. I learned so much about, you know, hard work and all of that good stuff. And then 
I then went off to recruiting and and name it. I did every single thing that you could imagine a person doing. I also worked in a, um, you know, gynecologist's office. Um, So it was like a medical assistant. I was actually like a dental assistant. I was um, a preschool teacher. I um, was a hairstylist, um, a makeup artist, a recruiter. So I say all of that just to share that sometimes, at least for my experience, you just have to do all the things. It's not a linear path. We (laughs) got to do, and you can take something from all those experiences. I'm sure each one taught you some valuable lessons. 100%. So I had to do all of that to realize, no, it's still, it's still, it's still not, it's like none of this stuff is Mm. where I want to really like see my life. And also, ultimately, what was that was what I was doing from the outside, right? Doing mm-hmm. all the things, you know, and no, knowing, you know, you probably what you're seeing is what you're getting. It's like I'm energetic, like I, I'm a mover, like I'm like super like friendly. I love people, all of the things. But what was really hidden from the inside was that I was depressed. Mm-hmm. I was depressed. And actually, mm-hmm. I was fighting suicidal thoughts. It was real. It was real. And I I just had, I I just had to really, you know, I I knew that I was in a dark place, but Mm -hmm. I just didn't know how to get myself out of it. And is what that I, something you shared with anybody or was it kind of just totally a no, personal? No, no, no. This totally is now internal. an open conversation now. Mm-hmm. No, but I actually didn't start talking about it until actually I was when I was fully recovered mm-hmm. from from all of that. Yeah. Um, and so all of the doing was actually helping me cope mm-hmm. with everything that was going on. Like I was staying mm-hmm. busy, so I didn't have to feel what I was feeling. Mm-hmm. And what I was feeling about myself was that I'm not good enough. I'm not lovable. No one cares about me. I'm a burden. Like, like this is hard that I don't even know if it's an all worth it. You know what I mean? So that's why I go into that place. And I think life has like, it's beautiful in a sense. Like I really do believe I'm, I'm now super spiritual looking back, reflecting back, everything really happens for a reason. And I believe now that everyone also has a, almost like a, 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 like a destiny already built out, mm. right? Like a, mm-hmm. for, for the person. And I think what had happened was right after that life happens to a sense where my parents got divorced. Mm. So this is another, like, this is also another chance where I was like, do I go back to school, go to medical school and what does, and, and pursue my, you know, my ultimate, you know, uh, plan, you know, Mm -hmm. that I didn't take before because I didn't think that was going to work, but whatever I was doing over here is not working either. (laughs) So it's like running around looking for the missing piece to fix the inside. And it's like everything you're trying. It's maybe I'll just go back to going to school. Maybe I should do that because that's what everyone's saying. Maybe. And I, I think that I'm, I know it all. And I'm not even figuring it out over here. So might just go back over here, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't get a chance to because my parents got divorced and then I felt I'm the only child. So I felt emotionally obligated to hang around and support my mom to go through the divorce. 
at the same time, I got an opportunity. She just basically tapped on my shoulder was like, well, you've been helping me with the salon businesses already and everything. Why don't we open? Like, I don't want to do, I don't want to be in the salon business anymore. Can mm. we do something else? I always wanted to open a restaurant. Mm. And so I was like, okay, can I go to medical school or do I open a business? And again, it was my obligation of being with my mom. I said, you know what? Let's, let's do the business. So I, again, put all of that on the back burner and it was like, okay, let's just, let's just do this. And so I, we opened a restaurant together. Um, this is 2000, this is 2008 in the, like right in the middle of a recession. Recession, yeah. 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 And the restaurant did phenomenal. And then I woke up one morning and was just like, this, is this it? Is this it? (laughs) Is this it? And it was definitely a big fat no, because I was by then working 16, 18 hour days, seven days a week. I was not seeing my boyfriend who I was dating at the time. And it's still not it. (laughs) It's it's almost like it's the roller coaster almost where it's like that adrenaline rush, like, okay, this is going to be the thing and I'm going to do it. And it's successful. And I'm working all these 16 hour days. And it's like, it sounds like you keep hitting that wall of like, crap, whatever this internal struggle in struggle is, it keeps rearing its head after one. I can only go for so long. Yeah. So remember, so you, you have noticed the theme now, right? Like, so I just went head first into the restaurant mm-hmm. and things were good for a, a period of time. And then here mm-hmm. I am like, what is happening? Yes. So this time after, I think what had happened is I really wanted to find an outlet for myself, just a de-stress from the restaurant and all of that. So I just picked up long distance running, mm-hmm. you know, from a friend and um, long distance running led to yoga and I was hooked. Mm. I took my first yoga class and I remember walked, I walked out the yoga class and was just completely lost in words of what just happened. Like what just happened to me? Why do I feel like I'm more alive now then when I walked in, I couldn't explain it. Mm. Like I didn't have the words for it, but I just remember I felt incredible for the first time. Mm. Do, you know, I, I basically just kept doing it for, I want to say for a good few months. And then I got super bored because the one particular style I was, was practicing, which is Bikram yoga. It's like basically the same thing. Every single time a teacher would say the same thing and every single teacher would have the same tone. And it's like, you can turn on the audio tape and do it at home. <laughs> so, as you can see, it was exactly like that. Yeah. It was exactly like what I did. And so I, I just was looking for something else. And I walked into a yoga studio, literally route seven. I remember walked in, took a class. And it was a Baptiste um, power yoga style. And I walked out and I was, I had the same feeling like, like I did the first time I had yoga, um, did my yoga, uh, did my first yoga class. And, and the teacher during the class was saying, yeah, if you want to sign up for teacher training and, you know, if you, anyways, I was like, sign me up. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I didn't know what was happening, but I knew that 
I don't know why this thing works on me. I'm going to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to really learn this thing and really figure out why, like I feel this way and things like that. Mm-hmm. And before I knew it, I was definitely in yoga training, but it was more than just teaching how to teach yoga. Mm-hmm. For the first time I was learning everything I needed to know about myself. Mm. What does that mean? How I have been up until that point, like how I was super defensive all of the time. Mm. It's because it was my way of protecting myself from the world. Mm. And how I was always thriving, being busy, doing this thing, saying certain things just for approval. How I couldn't bear telling my mom that I don't want to work in a restaurant anymore. Yep. But I didn't have the guts to. Mm-hmm. And how I also mm. broke up with myself in a sense where I realized that who I was up to that point to myself was ugly. Mm. The way I was talking to myself. Mm-hmm the the way I was treating myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I had I had a big moment during that training was like, wow. Yeah. You're 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 not who you want to be. Hmm. What and, a gift. And, almost, and almost in a sense where you're not who you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I, I can still I can still like I I'm like actually feeling the sensations mm. that that I felt during that time, like literally right now, like I'm feeling that connected to, to that moment. And that was the work for me, how that, that opened up everything yeah. um, in, in, in my life and, and granted know that I was still bab- battling like, the, you know, the, the yeah. depression, the anxiety and all of that up until that point. Yeah. But that was for the first time I was beginning to really accept that mm-hmm. this is a part of me and that I actually may have the power to overcome it. Ooh, except that this is a part of me. One thing that I, you know, talking about mental health, depression, anxiety, much sh- big shift in my mindset. And that kind of hit the nail on the head is that instead of it being something we have to like eliminate, like those are normal feelings, <laughs> like to be depressed to be anxious, they're normal feelings. It's when it like overtakes our life. And I think that's why I'm so passionate about sharing tools and insight and things like that, because it's facing it, not trying to ignore it and shove it down and shove it down. Cause it's going to keep rearing its ugly head, like you said. And so accepting it and saying, okay, yeah, this is a part of my life. How can I move forward with it instead of trying to banish it? Yeah. Yeah. So that was the beginning of it all. I mean, oh. And then, of course, I continue with my yoga practice. I started teaching. I began to really learn about myself and really begin to express who I am, who I was. And then that led into, you know, um, studying health and wellness. Mm-hmm. I got certified as a holistic health coach. And that's literally when I discovered coaching, you know, in the first place. And that was the moment where I really felt like everything came full circle Mm. because what I was actually wanted to do when I wanted to become a therapist 
was to be a coach, but I didn't have the words to describe what the coach is mm. because I didn't want to write prescriptions. I just knew that I want to have deep conversations with people. I know that I want to help them, you know, get better and then not feel like a certain way about themselves. But I just didn't know that coaching wasn't actually something that existed. Yeah. So when I found that, when I learned about the coaching industry, I was like, yes, this is, this, this is why, you know, be a, becoming a psychiatrist, wasn't it? Because, mm-hmm. you know, and, and again, that would have been going to the, the traditional way of doing mm-hmm. things. And that was not my way of doing things. Yeah. And so I was like, yeah, th- there was something about that. Mm-hmm. And so I, I was like, okay, maybe I should start, you know, a coaching business. Yeah. Wow. You know, I had that voice. So I was like, maybe I should start a coaching business. Um, but I, I, I sat around. I, I just like let that thought just be there. Mm-hmm. And that business idea was still like, it's like, it's almost like every other day. It's like, are you going to open? Mm-hmm. Are you going to launch your business? Are you going to launch your business? And I'm like, yeah, I hear you, but I'm busy over here. I'm busy over here. Like, stop. <laughs> I just knew that because I already have a job right here. Like, why, yeah. you know, why would I do that? But I just always knew that I, this, the voice is always there. Mm. And so I kept on doing my thing and I always, I kept that idea in the back of my mind. And then it was a, um, I, I went on, I knew that I also did a lot of work to overcome my fear of, you know, getting married long mm. story short. So then I wanted to commit and then my husband and I were getting married and I lost my best friend to suicide. Mm. So, so sorry, we found, we heard about her missing and we they found her body June 28th mm. and our wedding was July 7th. So within that week, I had to bury her. I had to do all of that. And then she was literally buried July 4th and her, my, our wedding was July 7th. Wow. So it was like three days apart. I share that because that was a pivotal moment that pushed me over the edge with launching my business. And here's why mm. you see, she always had suffered through anxiety and depression, just like I did. Mm-hmm. And you see how there's two separate stories where she had to do what she needed to do. And here I get to live. Mm-hmm. And number one, I vow to myself that no one ever has to go through what I have to go through losing a best friend that is supposed to be in your wedding party. Mm-hmm. The week of your wedding and how all of your mm-hmm. photos are now it has the missing person. That's like an extra groomsman. And, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. so that is my first vow that I, I, I don't want that this, like, I don't want it to happen to anyone. And then secondly, mm-hmm. now I have a responsibility because I could get myself from that situation then there's also other people must have been just like me who were suffering in silence. Mm. And I just Mm. didn't want another case of my best friend Mm. to ever occur again. As long as, as long as I live and that becomes my calling and my mission Mm -hmm. because of my experience. I know what it's like to be in the dark place. I know what it's like to lose your best friend to it. And I also know that now I have a responsibility to overcome all of it and then share my experience and knowledge and retell her story in honor of her 
you know, doing, which I think is still a celebration because she's now in a better place. She doesn't have to suffer anymore. But it's very important that we only talk, not only talk about, you know, what looks great from the outside, but we also need to get real with mental health is a big deal. Whether we believe it or not, whether people are talking about it, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's important, you know, that we address it. And I can tell you now that I'm a business owner it's really easy to go down that path when things are not working out in your business. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, literally, I'm not saying that I'm suicidal anymore or anything like that. Cause I know my triggers and things like that. Like, and, and I completely have really learned to embrace it and really accept like that's part of me and things like that. Right. Like when you just when like, it could be just a feeling of wanting to throw in a towel and be like, mm-hmm. none of this really makes sense. Like, why would I, why would I do, why am I doing all of this? Right. Mm-hmm. No, that feeling. Yeah. So that's what, that's why fit's a profit and mm-hmm. fit means for us is to be physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually fit mm-hmm. so that you can sustain yourself without driving yourself to the ground while mm-hmm. building your business. Because ultimately I don't believe that business owners and especially the really successful one are not in it for the money. Mm-hmm. The money comes when you have a mission and you are passionate and driven behind the impact like that you want to create, the difference that you want to create in the world. Yeah. And, and that's I, the long haul when it's tied to your values and your mission, you know, and when your mission is more than just the profit and loss, because that's not going to sustain you when, because it's not if it's good, it's not if things get hard, it's when. Mm-hmm. And so it's that bigger value. Exactly. And, you know, I, I love this opportunity to share this, this whole story because thank you. I appreciate it because I've shared this, this whole story in like bits and pieces, right. Because of time constraints mm-hmm. or something like that. And it's not a, a, an appropriate environment for it, but this is the first time where I'm really telling a story from the be- beginning to like, mm-hmm. of like how I, and, and like where am I landing today, what mm-hmm. I do, who I am about, and this is it. This is it for the rest of my life. Like I can't mm-hmm. imagine. I mean, there may be different businesses that I'm going to own eventually. Like one of my goals is to be like an angel investor and things like that. But mm-hmm. in terms of what I'll ultimately do for the rest of my life, it's not going to be very different from what I'm already doing right now. Is really sure. coaching, you know, my clients overcome barriers, mindset barriers, especially so that way I can manage themselves and um, really believe in what's possible for them. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for sharing all of that. And, um, and just thank you for sharing about your best friend too, because it's, it's an emotional loss. It's heartbreaking. And, you know, by continuing her story and honoring both her journey and yours. I know it's a blessing to people because, you know, mental health, suicide, it's a very, it's a difficult topic to speak on, you know, and because it involves heartbreak and loss and I've been touched by it. And it's something that, you know, for me, my mission, similar to yours, you know, just walking it out is wanting to bring these stories that stay in the dark, you know, because a lot of times that pressure, you know, all the shame triggers that I talk a lot about, that's what increases the anxiety and the depression. And, you know, 
I think when you know that you're not the only one struggling and especially with business owners, um, but anyone listening, you know, whether they're a business owner or not, it's, you know, I think to be in a position, whether it is a business owner, an employee, or even just a family member, we all have these roles And I think we feel like we need to fit into them. And like you said earlier, we don't want to bother people. And so we have these struggles and it's just, let me just keep shutting it down, shutting it down. And I think that, like you said before, you kind of were trying to walk out different areas and it kept catching up with you. You know, it's not going away and we're eventually going to implode. And I think that when you've seen the level that something can implode, which is suicide, you just never want anyone to go down that road alone. So I appreciate you willing to being willing to touch on that and um, share. So thank you. Yeah, no, of course. And yes, absolutely. And you've got it. The last thing I was going to share was that no matter what I did, it like that, that, the, the darkness followed me, mm-hmm. but until I am willing to stand Mm-hmm. And really look at it in a different yep. light, bring mm-hmm. light to the dark was when I had like that. I, that's when I took my power back. Mm-hmm. That's, that's when I decided was things don't have to be this way. Mm-hmm. I love that. Took the power back because I'm very big on as well, you know, kind of using that um, imagery of bringing things from the dark to the light. Cause the dark is where the shame grows and all of the things grow, um, the bad things I should say, or the, the negative, you know, just mm-hmm. so bringing things into the light. And like you said, taking your power back, you said something earlier that I wanted to touch on before we wrap up. Cause you said this term emotionally obligated. Mm-hmm. And I, I have felt that I've seen that I've had conversations with people and I think that emotional obligation, that we have this emotional obligation to others. Mm-hmm. And then you stopped and said, I was really treating myself like crap. Yeah. And interestingly, what I've learned now is that in no shape or form is anyone responsible for anyone else's emotion. Round of applause. <laughs> right. But I was so self-righteous. That I think that me doing all of these things is going to save my mom from mm-hmm. her devastating divorce, mm-hmm. just so that I can yeah. feel better about myself. Yeah, well, I think that's humanity too. You know, like you said, self righteous. I think it's that combination of self righteous and just being human. You know, we we live in a world of cause and effect. You know that everything is consequences, and so it's very natural for us to tie in, and then we see that like especially as kids, if you grow up as a people pleaser, like my good behavior has a positive effect on the people around me. And that whole, I mean, I've said, you know, recovering people pleaser, talking to people. And I think when there's anxiety and depression mixed in with that people pleasing, and that's why I loved that emotional obligation. Mm -hmm. And it's like, when we keep those things in our head, it all makes so much sense. Like, yes, If I don't work with my mother, she will experience hardships because of me. Like, no, 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 no. Like, and also you brought up too this, that the growth happens when we walk through the hard things. And sometimes when we're trying to save someone from it, we're 
we could be preventing them from going through that thing that could help them grow and come yep. out the other side. Exactly. We're, we're, we're hovering and we're stifling their own growth. You're mm. then, we're not allowing them the space to grow into that person like that they're capable of in turn you're you're not holding them high like you're not Mm. really seeing them for who they are like the incredible person that they are I love that um a coach um another coach I've chatted with we talk about people being naturally creative resourceful and whole And that has just been, I just try to tuck that away because it's like, it's not just me that's creative, resourceful and whole. It's my kids. It's my husband. It's my friends, all the people that I feel like I need to protect. I need to do these things to please others where it's like, no, they're creative, resourceful and whole. Like they don't need me to save them. They don't need me to tiptoe around. And the thing is, because if they can't, then I'll be real. That's some, they got to work out then. Well, Didi, thank you so much for sharing your story. I know that your book, you know, goes into all of this, but I think there's just power in, you know, just sharing from the heart and diving deep. And so um, if people want to get in touch with you, yes, of course, please. to learn more about your story and um, your work and working with you, how can they get in touch with you? Yes. Yeah. You can find me easily on www.fit to profit. So all spelled out.com. And yes, I'm super excited about the overcomer is the title of the book. It has everything about my stories, including other entrepreneur stories about how we all did it. Like how we, you know, when we landed in the dark and what did we do to overcome all of our fears, challenges, um, it goes, you know, very deep into like, you know, our backgrounds, specifically like my background, my childhood, and, you know, Mm. all of the things that once upon a time, I really thought were all like happen to me, but actually all of the things happened for me because it wasn't for all of those experiences I had in the past. I wouldn't be who I am today. I wouldn't be able to have the wisdom I have to do what I, what I am doing right now for my life and for my business and, and for the rest of the world. So check it out. Um, it's called The Overcomer. It will be released on Amazon very soon in the next couple of months. I'm in the revision, professional revision stages right now, and then we'll go into production um, by the end of July. So um, check that out. And again, from the bottom of my heart, thank you, Samantha for providing this opportunity for me to share the story. And um, to all of you who are listening, that you get one chance in life and it's never too late. That is the truth. Well, thank you, Didi. I appreciate that. And, you know, I think that, like you said, just kind of continuing to share your story, share other people's stories, that oftentimes the way we can move out of the dark is by someone reaching their hand into that dark space and pulling us out. So thank you for doing that today. You're welcome. Thank you very much. And that's a wrap for now. Thanks for listening to Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe and rate us on iTunes. For all things flushing, visit our website at flushingitout.com. This has been a Spitfire production. That was the greatest thing I've ever heard.